0: From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is a podcast of KZYX's local coronavirus update for Wednesday, December 30th, 2020, with Ukiah ER doctor, Dr. Drew Colfax, and Alicia Bales. Since the pandemic began, Dr. Colfax has done
1: regular live updates for KZYX listeners on the latest news and numbers and answered questions from callers.
0: Yeah, we are seeing a fair number of COVID patients, to be sure, the last few days here. Uh, And our hospital is quite nearly full all the time at this point, not having to transfer people out and not backing up too many people in the emergency room, but pretty near um, sort of normal capacity, not, not tapping into surge capacity, but, you know, feeling the pressure a bit.
1: Is it? So it's not, I mean, it seems like working in a rural hospital, you're always sort of at that limit you, we're, we're pretty close to the margins all
0: the time um you know just just the way the healthcare care system is set up in this country and in the state and in this county but uh you yeah, know it's it's certainly worse during the midst of a surging pandemic
1: well thanks for making the time to call in from work we really appreciate it and um, i'll just tell listeners this is the local coronavirus update we're going to talk a little bit get the numbers from dr colfax and then open up the phone lines and if you'd like to call in and ask a question it's 895-2448 that's 707-895-2448 and i think the news today is all about vaccines right
0: well that's Probably going to be the news going forward for quite some time. I mean, that and our continuing surge, particularly here in California, are the two big news items. So let's just run the numbers, so we get that out of the way. If if you don't mind, uh, we have added thirty five more cases in the last couple days, and several more people have been diagnosed just through the emergency room today. Uh, but our total count is up to twenty four hundred and forty one as of last. Last night. Large number of tests are pending. It's not quite clear why this number keeps climbing. We have almost 3,300 pending tests, 3,291 to be precise. So that's a lot of outstanding COVID swaths that have not yet been resulted. And it's not and it's clearly the lab's sort of delay. I don't think this is a county public health delay, um, but that's that's certainly frustrating and problematic in terms of getting timely results. 41,000 and, and change uh, tests have been run. We're running 27 um, cases per day, and our positivity still rain, remains startlingly high at 5.71%. So nearly 6% of, each of the tests we're running each day are coming back positive, Uh, 10 people hospitalized with COVID in the county, three of whom are in the ICU. Uh, And the real besides the vaccine status, the the real critical question, at least from my perspective as a healthcare provider, is ICU status uh, or hospital bed capacity. And there is really no capacity in Southern California all the way up uh, sort of mid-Sacramento Valley. There's just, there are no beds. Uh, The Bay Area is getting pretty tight. It's down to 7.5%. The Northern California Region starting at the Mendocino-Sonoma County line is actually uh, pretty good. We have we we still have a fair amount of non-surge capacity. Yeah, it's that that can vanish pretty quickly, particularly if the Bay Area beds uh, completely dry up. The case counts in California are still. Quite bad. Uh, we added 34,000 people in California just yesterday. The curve, while flattening, or the rate of climb, is mm-hmm. slowing. Uh, we're still up 20% positive over two weeks. Uh, 21,000 people just in the state of California hospitalized uh, with COVID as of yesterday. So, you know, really taxing um, our our states. Um, Capacity and whether we sort of get through it here in Mendocino County without following the the lead of southern uh, the southern parts of the state remains to be seen. so it's going to be it's gonna be close Let me just put it that way
1: right there's nothing really that would insulate us or protect us from uh, dropping in line with the rest of the state, right We really are national no. news right now. It-
0: Exactly, and you know it's it's you know it's a point that's been made over and over again. COVID doesn't really respect uh, county lines or national borders or state borders, and so I, I don't think that we're going to be able to be too lucky for too much longer. Particularly with this kind of uh, you know case counts per day. I mean that's a lot of people we're diagnosing each day, and unfortunately we know that this disease tends to make people sick. You know, days seven through twelve is when people tend to present to the hospital and require more aggressive intervention. So yeah, it, it's. It's not quite as bad as I would have feared two weeks ago um, here at the end of the year. If we get through January, kind of where we are now, I will breathe a huge sigh of relief, and so will all my fellow providers here. But it, it's you know, it just remains to be seen. It's still a fairly fraught inflection point. Uh, so the other the other interesting news, uh, at least Britain, um, Great Britain approved the AstraZeneca um, vaccine just yesterday, the day before, uh, which may mean that U.S. will follow suit in the next week or two. They have emergency approval. It is a very cheap and stable um, vaccine. That's not one of these mRNA vaccines. It's based on an adenovirus. They kind of botched their clinical trial, though, and so the data suggests its efficacy is not quite as robust, um, and so it's, it's certainly going to require increased um, scrutiny as it starts to be administered, particularly in Great Britain. But at least there's another vaccine that's been approved by a you know a transparent approval process in a in, you know in a, in a European or uh, North American uh, country. So that's quite good. Um, Russia also has a vaccine that's quite similar that they've been using quite a bit, but they haven't really released all the data on that on that vax. But the frustration, I think, for many of us is wondering where and when we're going to get our vaccines, um, right. and that's really kind of the open question that a lot of us are struggling with. Uh, and so, you know, it's it's not. Let me put it this way: it's not the county. Um, I, I think this is a I think this is a communication failure yet again at the federal and state level. You know, the the CDC promulgated fairly fairly respectable and reasonable and science based standards as to the tiered system of who is going to be prioritized for vaccination and you know the idea being we would work our way down that list uh, as the vaccine becomes available. still really at the first line on the first entry of that list. Uh, You know, sort of first-line healthcare providers is who's getting the vaccine right now, both um, locally, statewide, and nationally, with a few exceptions. But it's not clear where all the vaccines are. We're supposed to get 20 million by the end of the month, and here we are at the end of the month, and I think only slightly over 2 million have been administered. Um, And so 10 percent suggest that we're going to have a very slow rollout Mm -hmm. of this vaccine, despite having at least two of them approved so far.
1: Right. At this rate, I heard it'll take 10 years or something to, to herd immunity.
0: Yeah, no, I I mean, that, that's just a crazy number. And, you know, Britain announced yesterday that they're going to vaccinate a million people a day. Um, I'm sorry, a million people a week, but that's, you know, that's going to still take them, you know, over a year at that, at that very aggressive rate of vaccination. And that would require, you know, the equivalent in the U.S. would be, you know, 5 million a week. And, you know, we've been, we've done what, 2 million now in almost two weeks. That's pretty slow. Um, And, you know, people are dying, waiting for this thing to arrive. So it's not clear where the bottleneck is, but it's somewhere up the supply chain. So somewhere, somebody's not really doing the sort of Critical logistics work that needs to be done to get this vaccine here so we can administer it.
1: All right. And and closer to home, the county, Mendocino County, just put out a press release uh, about five, 10 minutes ago, uh, announcing that they have begun their vaccination clinics. So we know that they started their clinics um, on December 22nd. They also had one today. So on the 22nd one, there were um, something like 75, 72 people vaccinated. And these are all in the 1A category, the the phase one frontline health workers and emergency responders. Um, And the second clinic happened today, and a hundred people were vaccinated. And then there's one scheduled for tomorrow uh, for another eighty people signed up. So that's how the county is conducting uh, this, and they've got you know people making appointments and coming uh, to to get their shots, uh, but they don't know when they're going to be getting their next their next um, deliveries of vaccines, just like no one else in the country knows. Um, We do right. know that they did receive uh, 975 doses of the Pfizer vaccine, which they have been diligently getting into people's arms. And they have just either today or yesterday received 400 doses of the Moderna vaccine here in Mendocino. Um, but as far as any future arrivals, I think uh, you talked with Dr. Corrin and and he does, he just, Can't get information about it.
0: Yeah, it's it's really just sort of waiting for the state, you know, the state personnel to say, "Here comes another shipment into your county, and you're getting X number." Um, And it's it's very hard to schedule anything not knowing when and how much that is going to arrive it's also complicated by the fact that we don't really have a firm grasp on how much uptake there will be yet right so you 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 look at the tier 1a and that's a lot of people in it if everybody wants that shot in that tier then that's going to you know that's going to suck up a lot of the vaccine if there's only 50% uptake in the first few weeks or the month next month or two then we're going to get to tier 1b uh, much more quickly so it's there's a lot of variables without a lot of data unfortunately so it's just going to be this you know it's becoming increasingly apparent very frustrating um and slow moving process through the course of this winter
1: right at, with uh, with adding on top of it the fact that it is two shots so you get the yes. first round yes. of shots all you know handled and then you got to get everyone back in for their second shot and got to make sure right. not, I don't even have any idea how they're tracking that but I'm sure they are do you know
0: they they are so there's you know we the vaccines that were administered the first few days year through Adventist, um, you know they're, they've recorded that uh, we've people here have received both the Pfizer and the Moderna here at the hospital, um, and they're currently scheduling the follow-up vaccine. We're getting dates and times as to when to represent for our booster shot, um, which at least suggests that somebody somewhere is planning to have that vaccine on hand uh, when it needs to be here in about a week. I mean, I I was vaccinated the first day here in the county and so i'm scheduled for my booster shot um the, you know the end of the first week of january
1: all right and any news if, if there have any been any local uh incidents of poor reactions to the vaccine
0: yeah no none really um a few people had a very mild sort of flu-like uh, illness that i've sp- with uh, for about 24 hours or even less the vast majority of people with whom i've spoken um had some similar to mine, which is a very mild sore arm or nothing. So it's been, it's been quite minimal. And, you know, the, the, there's been just this sort of hyper-acute uh, attention uh, given to everybody's reaction to this vaccine. But all the data is showing that it is generally a very well-tolerated vaccine with some very rare incidences of anaphylactic reactions, which, to be sure, need to be taken quite seriously. But anaphylactic reactions um, which occur in a healthcare setting are readily managed. People die from bee stings and nut allergies and whatnot uh when they can't get to health care uh, promptly to get the right medication uh, but if it were to occur um, here it, it's quite readily managed with the meds that are at on, on hand at any vaccination site uh,
1: another piece of news about the the local vaccine efforts uh, the the governor announced on monday i think just just right when we were on the air, uh, that they had the state has partnered with Walgreens and CVS to for the pharmacists to go out and um, provide vaccination for people living in uh, residential care facilities. Do you know anything about how that program is working locally, or or any progress you, there?
0: You know, I, I I don't have any inside information on that. Um, unfortunately, that's going to still be you know probably another week or two before that. You know that problem. That program gets up and working in a substantial way here. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I'm not sure how. You know, frankly, how these pharmacies are going to get the staff to get out into the field to distribute it. But I'm sure there's big money to be uh, made there, so it will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the real the real question I think for a lot of the listeners is well, when do I get my vaccine? Right. Uh, and and the answer to that is probably. You know, not as soon as we would like, or certainly as soon as we would have hoped. Um, it, there's a long list of you know essential workers that are ahead of you know the elderly living at home, even elderly at home with risk factors. And so, it's going to be a while before we work our way down through the tiered system to get to people um, at home who are you know currently sheltering in place. It's you know whether it's going to happen in January or February or March. I, I don't know. Uh, I was optimistic when the Moderna vaccine was approved uh, in conjunction with the uh, biotech Pfizer vaccine that we would get enough Doses quickly enough to move through the top couple tiers and get into the sort of the high-risk people who are at home trying to avoid this thing. I just seen the way things are rolling out, kind of in a very slow, lackadaisical fashion, without a lot of transparency. I'm afraid that those dates are going to be pushed, you know, late winter, early spring.
1: Well, and, and help we'll us see. understand. Um, we're starting to see the development of these delivery methods, right? So you've got it at the hospital. the The public health department is holding these clinics for you know for the for the tiered i <laughs> Uh, different folks, and then we've got this this method through the the pharmacies or the the you know the private business pharmacies locally. Um, are, are we also going to see a chain come through the the local clinics and and how I think how so. do you think-, I think
0: so? I mean that's something that the public health is you know negotiating or discussing with each of the clinics. Uh, I have no doubt you know when those meds arrive and when they get distributed to the local healthcare clinics. That's you know that that just we're not there yet, uh, but there's no reason why these meds shouldn't be distributed and administered from healthcare clinics. They have the meds on hand. They're able to observe people for 15 minutes or so on. Um, and I that that's what's going to ultimately happen.
1: So for them, for the like everyday Indonesian, for those of us who aren't <clears throat> in any of the special categories, like how are most of us going to be getting this vaccine?
0: Indonesians, I like it. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so it's, yeah, I think it's gonna be when you get to the point on the tier, uh, then you will be able to go to one of the you know, the federally qualified health care centers, whether it's the Hillside Clinic here in Ukiah or the Anderson Valley Health Center or RCMS or Long Valley or any of these county clinics, um, and they will have their allotment of the vaccine that they will be able to administer both to their patients and to other qualified p- uh, patients in whatever tier we have arrived upon.
1: That seems like a huge job for the clinics. I mean, huge. It
0: is. No, of course it's a huge job. and It's a huge job for everybody, which is why one would think that this, you know, these systems in this structure would have been robustly put in place you know back in you know May or June but you know
1: and, and paid for Again, somehow.
0: Um, it, it's good if you have an organized government. Is, it's not so good if you don't in the midst of a pandemic.
1: Right. Um, do, you, do you know if the county is going to keep doing these clinics and, and open them up for people to make appointments? Who, you know, as the tiers go down, is the, are these clinics also going to be? Part I, I, of it? I,
0: I presume so. I haven't had a chance to talk to Dr. Corin or anybody in public health about that, but I, I presume that will happen. I also anticipate that there will be more than just one single clinic here in Ukiah doing the doing the vaccination because it would take quite a while to get through 85,000 people times 2 at that at that one center.
1: Yeah, indeed. Yeah. I'm Jen. Yeah. I think yeah, we've all got the same thing in mind like when can I get it? Um right. let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. You ready? Sure. Okay, it's 707-895-2448 is the number here. We we welcome your calls. Uh, Dr. Colfax is calling in from work and I'm here. I'm Alicia Bales. I'm here in the studio. Um Ready to take your calls here on the phone line. And we've got our our last
2: show
0: of the year, it might be said. That is
1: correct. Our last local coronavirus update of 2020. (laughs) Let's take our first caller of our last show.
2: Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Oh, great. Okay. I'll be quick. Uh, Three questions. Hi, Dr. Colfax. Number one. Am I on?
0: Yep. Yes, you're on.
2: Okay. Uh, you talked about te- why, are- why aren't there more tests since uh, we have to still be doing everything we've been doing to stay safe. Why can't we get more tests, especially here on the south coast? you have any knowledge of any tests over here this way, Galala, Point Arena?
0: Yeah, I- I'm not sure when the next scheduled testing event's going to be out there um, on the South Coast? I I know they had one, I believe it was last week or maybe 10 days ago or so. Um, I'm not sure when the county is going to be setting up to do that again.
2: It was two weeks ago, but it was really dysfunctional. They kept changing the time. First they said first come, first serve. Then they said you had to make an appointment online. It was crazy. Nobody knew what was happening. It was very dysfunctional. Okay. Uh, When you know, you'll announce it, right? Yes. Okay, and you talked about vaccines for the older and vulnerable. We don't know. It might be a few months.
0: It it, it could be. I I would like to be wrong, Um, but, you know, we'll see.
2: Well, I read in the newspaper about a doctor who got the vaccine. I think it was the Moderna last week, and he said he was highly allergic to shellfish, but he had his EpiPen with him, and he shot himself up. But I have an EpiPen and I'm allergic to bee stings. Does that mean I could be vulnerable for an anaphylactic shock episode when and if I get the vaccine? It's
0: it's highly unlikely. Uh, you know, there is there is a very small incidence of people who have had anaphylactic reactions to this vaccine. I think the count is up to six now nationally out of uh, 2.1 or 2.3 million vaccines administered. So it's a very rare occurrence. There's not, um, you know, there's no data to suggest that anybody who has a history of an anaphylactic reaction should forego this vaccine. It doesn't have any food product derivative or any analogs of shellfish or nuts or any other medications to which people have had anaphylactic reactions to. So it's, it's safe in that perspective. That is, however, why uh, when the vaccine is administered that the people – the person getting the shot has to stay sort of close to a healthcare worker for about 15 minutes. Because as In you probably know, anaphylactic reactions come on very quickly. Um, and the people who have had this reaction to this vaccine have had the reaction within minutes. Uh, and fortunately, it's, they've all been quite readily controlled with a shot of epinephrine or less.
2: Okay, one last quick question. My mom just died, and we're supposed to go down there for a Memorial, would you say don't go into LA until I get the vaccine? Yes, definitely. I'm sorry. That's but yes. the belly of the beast, right?
0: Yeah, I, that, that's that's an easy answer for me. I, you just, okay. just that needs to be pushed off until things okay. are under control down there.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate the show. Bye bye. All right, thanks Bye-bye. for that call, and
1: sorry to hear about your mom. Um, I heard there was a testing event in Fort Bragg where over 200, and, 200 people were tested yesterday. So. They're, they're getting out there
0: Good. yeah no the, the, there there are testing events i just you know I, i'm at work i don't have the schedule in front of me but i, I know and we will try to keep people apprised Um uh, the public um the county public health information hotline can also probably tell you um if and when there's going to be something scheduled in your area or uh the local clinic in your area can probably also keep you apprised of when there will be more testing
1: all right let's take our next call good afternoon caller you're live on the air Hi, good afternoon. Uh,
3: I had my radio walk. I thought I heard a. Yeah, there was a beep, but you're good. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Colfaxon. Thank you, Miss Bales, for being so consistent throughout this whole time. Very, very much appreciated. My quick question is, if you think you are asma- um, asymptomatic, uh, what mm-hmm. should you do? If you think that you have actually caught the COVID, did not have symptoms that brought you to the hospital, but you feel that you've recuperated, uh, what should you do in both of those cases? Thank you, and I'll, I'll take my answer offline. Before, Happy you before, before you
0: go off the air... Oh. Yes. Uh, you're, you're asking what you should do in terms of isolation or quarantine or in terms of the vaccine? Or
3: not, in terms of the, not in terms of the vaccine because uh, I, like many others, are not in the slated groups uh, to get the shots sure. anytime soon.
0: Sure, so if you're asymptomatic, then you know by definition, you don't really know if you have the have the illness. So there's really not much you should be doing. If you're asymptomatic, but you were in close contact with somebody, or if you're exposed in some way to somebody who has known COVID disease, uh, then I would recommend um, quarantine, if at all possible, and testing um, either here at the OptumServe site or one of these testing events. If you are symptomatic in any way, then testing is certainly warranted, and maybe and obviously isolation um, if if you're positive.
1: Does that
0: answer your question?
1: Oh, she took it off the.
0: She's she's gone. She's off the air. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: thanks for calling, and um, we've got another call. Good afternoon, caller. You are live on the air.
3: Good afternoon. I read an interesting article about a CEO woman uh, who runs a chain of restaurants, 10,000 restaurants in Shanghai, uh, China, the largest city in the world, over 25 million people, and uh, almost 100% of their entire city is open. They're back to normal. They have 400,000. She has 400,000 employees and only 18 uh, caught the virus. And uh, she said that the most important thing that uh, they did well, first they acted quickly, and that there's a collective spirit to work for the collective goodness. And that when masking needs to be done and hand washing needs to be done, Everybody rushes to do it and cooperates, cooperation, and that hand-washing is magical. She, that's exactly what she said. So we're, we're doing everything wrong. Well, we are indeed,
0: and you know, I am a little bit skeptical of you know heeding sort of the the advice of a CEO in China that employs four hundred thousand um, Chinese workers in a nation that is not the most open, um, but. China has certainly been much more rigorous in its messaging, much more aggressive in its controlling uh, of of local outbreaks, and has gotten this under control uh, in a much you know a much tighter fashion. I, the numbers coming out of China, however, have to be taken with a grain of salt. So it's you know it's it's still a problem there to be sure. But most countries in the world are doing much better than the United States. And 3% of the world's population, I believe, and we're still sitting at about 20% of the world's uh, fatalities from COVID. I mean, that's that's inexcusable. Uh, and so, yes, I agree with you. We have not been doing well. And frankly, a lot of this responsibility lies with this administration, just in their um, complete mishandling of any coherent messaging around this pandemic from the very beginning.
1: And it'll be fascinating to see what happens in the hands of a, of a new administration. Let's see if we well,
0: can Unfortunately, a lot of these you know, public health things have now been politicized. So, you know, it's, it's, right. it's kind of like the weather, right? I mean, who thought that the weather would depend on whether you're a Republican or a Democrat? And who thought face masks would become a Republican issue or a Democratic issue? But that's kind of where we are, and it's going to be, it's going to be mighty hard to uh, untangle that ball.
1: Yeah, well, um, we've still got people calling in, so um, the number here is 895-2448. Let's take one more call if we can. I missed him.
3: Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. And, hey, shout out to you both. You've been terrific. Um, I, I Am I still on? You're on, yes. Yes, yeah, sorry. i wanted wondering if, if you would comment on this variant that's finally made it to the U.S. and they finally got the first case in um, Colorado and whether this means in terms of transmissibility that we're just having to anticipate another surge upon the surges and um, whether we're just going to have this wave come over us for the next part of the year. Thank
0: you. Yeah, that, you, that's 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 okay. a really good question, and it's certainly um, one that is inviting a lot of close scrutiny right now. I, I, I mentioned this new variant, the strain that was in Britain a week ago, uh, right after it was sort of became a public, uh, publicly notified issue. At that point in time, some countries in Europe were closing their border to Britain. It was clear, however, that uh, it was almost certainly already in other countries. And the person who was diagnosed with it in the suburbs of Denver didn't have or doesn't have any travel history. So he got it locally in Colorado um, from somebody else who has this variant, and it would be extraordinarily unusual for it to be the same genetic variant arising de novo. because this strain uh, has something like I believe it's 28 different mutations uh, than the, sort of the mainline uh, COVID strain that's been spreading throughout the world, so it's it's clearly coming from Britain or from wherever this mutation arose. What we don't know yet is how that's going to translate to um, COVID, you know, COVID spread throughout the population. It appears to be more contagious or more infectious, but it's not clear what that's going to translate to in in actuality, whether we're going to start seeing a lot more people, whether we're going to have yet another wave after we get through this current wave. uh, Those are just open questions that everybody's watching quite closely what we don't have however in this country is very robust genomic surveillance so we we really have only very little sequencing of the actual virus in different parts of the population and so we don't have a good sense of whether we already are dealing with a large number of uh people with this strain uh scattered throughout the united states we just don't have that data yet
1: right and i wonder what uh what impact it has on the rates of infection, if you're masked or if you're socially distanced, they they probably haven't done any of those studies on it yet, huh? We
0: we don't know. Um, you know what we can surmise is that it's pro- it doesn't appear to make people more sick or less sick uh, than sort of the more run-of-the-mill uh, strains of the SARS-CoV-19 virus that we've been dealing with. It appears that it will likely respond to the vaccines, although we don't know that definitively. Uh, it hasn't you know mutated in a way that would allow it to evade uh, the effectiveness of these vaccines, which is very good news. But transmissibility and spread are still open questions. And there's a concern, certainly, that it could lead to yet another surge, um, you know, radiating from multiple points where it may take hold. Obviously, the solution is to stay the course uh, with the five COVID rules, you know, social distancing, mask wearing, et cetera, et cetera, um, until we get more clarity, until we get more vaccine distributed.
1: Well, for the last time in 2020, do you want to go through those five COVID rules and, and just oh, you know, leave, sure. them for, <laughs> leave them for, it's such for a, this it's year? It's such
0: a mundane way to go out for et the cetera, year, Alicia.
1: etcetera. cetera. But- <laughs>
0: I, I think I said this back in February, but here we go. Wash your hands. Cover your face. Stay socially distanced, go outside, and stay home. A lot of people say stay home if sick, but I simply say stay home. Stay home. Don't need to go out. All the things that we do can usually be deferred. It's driving us all nuts. We're sick of it. But those five rules will keep you alive until you get the shot in the arm.
1: It's been so long, I think I've lost most of my social skills anyway. So staying home is the best place for me these days.
0: Well, it's actually, it's handy if you never have social skills, because then you can't lose them.
1: That's true. See, you know what? We're well adapted (laughs) for a pandemic of this kind. So, you know, looking on the bright side. So I want to just wish you a very, very happy new year. And thank you again for spending all of this time on KZYX, making sure that our listeners have the very best information to make the very best choices. I mean, it's been a huge part of being able to get through this thing and not go even crazier than we have. So thank you.
0: Well, it's been my pleasure, and it's been really fun having these conversations with listeners. I really hope we get through this soon, and I wish everybody a Happy New Year, and stay safe, everybody. You know what to do. Um, We are approaching at least the beginning of the end of this pandemic, so we'll get there. And before I I go, just a programming note, I don't think I'll be able to do Monday's show, so we're going to try to find a substitute, but stay tuned.
1: Yeah, if if not, then we'll just have uh, a day off.
0: Oh, wow, that would be that would be lovely for both of us.
1: How are people going to live without their Monday <laughs> COVID dose? I
0: well, know. our schedule is such that we didn't even have a Christmas break, so you know.
1: Yeah, That's right. I think I think everyone will be just fine. Uh, but we will be back yeah. for sure on Wednesday, uh, taking your calls and bringing the latest news from um, our local pandemic response. So, tune in then, and thanks again, everybody, for listening. Stay safe. Uh, let's turn into this new year and and look for things to you know we're we're all starting to fantasize about what we're going to do when it's over and you know how we're going to see everybody and go to festivals and whatever it is that you're thinking about just keep that in mind and we will get through this and um yeah happy new year everybody let's turn now to tuc radio time of useful consciousness we're going to join it just a minute or two in but um thanks again and we'll see you in the new year You've been listening to the Local Coronavirus Update from Z Mendocino County
0: Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ and Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.